This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Free FM 89.0. Tuia Mareo Otahapori. Now Hamilton City Council presents Council Comment. A weekly discussion about civic business one-on-one with those at the council table. Here's your host, Brian Smith. And a very good morning, everyone. It is Brian Smith behind the microphone and a pleasure to be here. And uh, sitting on the phone at the moment, I've got Martin Gallagher. Hello there, Martin. Are you there? Good morning. We've had a bad storm last Sunday. Was there any major effects in the city? Well, I want to do a big shout-out to the multi-member crews who have been working literally around the clock to uh, first of all clear major arterials to ensure safety Yep. and then obviously once the safety is secured coming back and doing the huge clearing of back of of trees. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to say is with climate change the scientific evidence and reality is where these things might be a 1 in 20, 1 in 50 years 1 in 100 years. Yep. We are seeing such uh, climate incidents like this um, with increasing regularity, so they become a one in five year, one in the year. So that underscores um, the need for us through our planning and budgeting to make sure we have resilience uh, to withstand these climate events. Right. They are a big one, and I know I went for a walk at the lake on the Monday, and there was a lot of broken trees and branches and things there. Some had been attended to, but uh, there was obviously a lot of work ahead of them. Oh, yes, and I, I mean, I was driving down certain streets where clearly the crews were still to come. Yep. You know, I was straight after the event, if you like, having a look around. And uh, so a big, big shout-out, but uh, I was at a, you know, I'm increasingly, if you're looking at, weather map of New Zealand and, the, and you know we had the huge flooding in yep. Nelson Marlborough West Coast last year so there's there's a whole heap of stuff uh, and even this year of course with the weather bomb on the on the coast so th- these are the things that um, are happening with greater frequency that is fact yep. uh, and from a weather point of view that's where we've got to design our infrastructure uh, to ensure that we, 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 we have resilience in these areas well, it's very important, I think, that, uh, yes, you've got to be on top of them. Um, getting away from that, however, water, that's a big one, and the government are now planning to take it over. I've spoken to other councillors who are not very happy about this. How do you feel? Well, I, I, I mean, I think, n- number one, to have 67 separate local authorities running water in a country of 5 million, the size of Japan, size of the UK, does not make sense in itself. Number two, local authorities, as I've said, have attempted, and we uh, attempted with Waikato, Hamilton and Waipa to look at a combined water operation. Mm-hmm. We spent a million dollars of your money to do that. Uh, we failed, um, and I, I have to say that I was extremely disappointed when Waipa, in the end, we gave them a compromise deal on offer, which was 
a shared service, but like Wellington. Yep. Um, that rolled over by one vote, million dollars down the tube. I personally regret and apologise for the fact that if we'd realised Waipa were never really going to come to the party, then we should have got in, into deeper conversation with Waikato. So that's yep. an example of a failed attempt to create our own combined water entity. Since now, I'm going to commend the Mayor and our Council for co- corresponding directly with Tauranga and other mayors to look at if we could do a regional waters operation. Ah, right. Because the days where the Otrahongas of this world, with respect to them, you know, big big area but small ratepayer base, can purely have the expertise to run their high waters to a high standard. So I, rather than the big, huge Central North Island entity, which the government's proposing or has proposed, I would much prefer a series of good regional entities where the ratepayer residents, along with consultation with Iwi, have greater and more direct and more concise control. So what I'm saying in summary is everyone around the council table agrees that water reform has to happen in some form. It's the way we get there where you're going to have a difference of opinion. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things that's still in the mix, as it were. Well, and and also in years to come, you will still pay whether it's through, you know, in what because we are dealing with billions of dollars of investment that is needed into uh, three waters infrastructure. Yep. Uh, the resilience. We're talking about climate events. We're talking about a whole range of things. Now, personally, I think the model that has been proposed, I don't agree with in terms of this mega entity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hopeful that we will um, advocate and we are advocating to ensure that the government sits down with local government uh, to come to some form of um, compromise. Yep. It's not lost on me that you've got mayors such as Phil Goff uh, of Auckland, Watercare, uh, Mayor of Christchurch, Leanne Dalziel, former yep. cabinet ministers in a previous Labour administration who, who don't agree with this particular model. We, we, we want to have reform but it's how we get there is the real issue. Yeah. The big thing is, is the government actually listening to Auckland, Canterbury, uh, uh, I Hamilton? Think, I think they... Are, well, I, I, I think they will, and they are, and, of course, there's a group that's been set up to look at alternative models, and, and I'm hopeful also we'll be making submissions to the, um, you know, Parliament Committee with regard to the legislation. Yep. But there are very clear differences of views around the council table in my own council of how we get there. Um, and I, I do genuinely respect the range of views around our council table. Well, I think everybody has a, a view on things and uh, that's a good thing, I guess, <laughs> uh, that we can do that. Uh, looking at the uh, inner city plans, uh, is anything going ahead? I notice we've got the Rabo Bank in on the corner there and things going along nicely. Um, but are there plans for oh, yeah, yes, further building? Yes, there is. And um, this is one area where I'm going to give council some big ticks and, and I've got to acknowledge the, the Deputy Mayor leading the uh, Central City River Plan Group. Yep. Uh, but a group of us, the Mayor included, obviously, um, where, you know, there are intri- good developments. You know, we've got the Tainui ACC building development. We've got, you've seen the example of the Regional Council yep. uh, development. You've got the Stark properties on the Wintech uh, across the road. You've got the rejuvenation of the Transport Centre. Mm-hmm. The possibility at some stage will restore 
a central city um, underground railway station uh, back into the city with improving our links to Auckland. Yep. Um, you've got apartment developments uh, happening. You've got uh, Victoria on the River, which we own, you know, that land yep. put out to tender for a decent urban development uh, and open space um, vision. Yep. Uh, so there's certainly um, a heap of things. Of course, not forgetting the, the theatre now, you know, with the old Hamilton Hotel site. Yes, I know, so, yes. Um, what you're seeing in the CBD, I've got to say, Brian, I think is not often I get excited, but genuinely, <laughs> in terms of the stuff that is happening in the CBD, I am genuinely excited. Yep. Some really interesting developments over in Hamilton East as well. Uh, however, there's still a heap of work to do in other parts of the city. Yeah, surely. Yes, it's one of those things that is ongoing, but our city is growing both... Uh, from a uh, commercial point of view and from a housing point of view? Well, and it's also housing. We, we're getting a high density, you know, yep. uh, in parts of the city. It's very important that we have things like decent street lighting, slow streets, green canopies, sort out the parking, the mode ship, public transport. So we, we are facing huge challenges. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just we get excited about the million dollar apartments. They are, they are, they are great. I'm, them going out. Yes. But I want to see a decent investment along the Cameron Roads, the, the University, the Melvilles, the Franklins, you know, to make sure that we, we if you like, uh, really focus on parts of our city where people are living in a in a high density environment. Yep. And and all the things like streetscape and lighting and parks, uh, green trees, all of those things are crucial that we, we make sure that in parallel with that high density yep. comes the other stuff as well. Well, I live in Dinsdale. It's not high-density stuff. I'd, we have all those great facilities, good roads, lighting, and everything else, and footpaths and so on. So uh, we're a city that's in pretty good nick, but there's always work to be done. Well, I, I think you, you've, you've just got to you know, put yourself in the place of, say, someone who's, who's living in a, a block of flats, yep. right? Yep. What, what is and they've got young children in those block of flats. What 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 does the environment look like for them and their kids? How easy is it to take the little baby across to, to the park to walk along the street? What's the, the road safety issues on hot hot summer days? Do they step out into a concrete jungle, yeah. or is there a nice canopy of, of trees, which of course have climate change, you know, carbon, the whole deal, you know? Yep. So it's just and to go to cities around the world, Australasia, the ones you admire are the ones that are well-designed, have good vegetation. And we, we're doing a lot of good stuff as well, don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. We've got some lovely parks and gardens, yeah. but in my view, uh, particularly around the high-density areas, there's so much more to do. So it's just uh, an ongoing uh, commitment there. That's great to hear. And uh, the other thing I was going to ask you about is the, uh, the um, idea of the Garden Festival. Now, that's been canned probably because of COVID, I presume. Yes, that's been an unfortunate uh, consequence. Oh, absolutely. And, and correctly, in terms of the, the need to um, be wary and cautious of what could become a super spreader event. Mm. Hopefully next year in 2023 uh, or later this year, the world returns to what we would consider a degree of normality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the Gardens Festival, you know, my experience of it in the past is amazing. It's lovely. It's wonderful. Yep. Um, I always liken you know, the WOMAD Festival in New Plymouth. Yes. You know, how over time, it, albeit was part of an international chain of things, but how it grew and grew. So I, I think the, the Gardens Festival um, 
as a major key point in Hamilton's calendar, has uh, got still great potential. And, and you know, there's a I mean, the crew that runs that are, are amazing in yeah. my view. Yep. Now the other one that somebody asked me, they said about that going. Are we going to have balloons over Hamilton this year? Usually, uh, usually in March. To me, you've caught me. I can't uh-huh. quite okay. answer that question. That would be something obviously to <laughs> uh, follow up. Yep. Um, and and I guess whether they have that, but not the you know the nightglow event, which is the, would be the super gr- crowd. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's something that, yeah, certainly um, uh, it may be, I'll certainly mention and mention that to our comms people. I apologise. I hadn't given that, dare I say it, uh, a thought, and I'm sure someone will, will contact you and, and yeah. you know, say what's happening. Bring it up and it may, be, it may be in terms of a decision has to be made, whether it's the balloons, you know, yep. as such, Versus the night glow, which is the big event, the yeah. big gathering, of course. It might have to can, can the night glow, but uh, have the balloons because there's yeah, a yeah, lot, look, lot I, of open I'm space a bit for it. I'm frustrated with myself because I can't give you a clear answer. No. To well, I only thought about it myself the other day when I saw the Hamilton balloon floating up in the sky, and I thought, balloons over Hamilton, they're coming up next month. I'd yeah. better ask you guys what it's up to. <laughs> there we go. Now, do you feel that the COVID has affected other council work and plans as well as? Balloons and things like that. Uh, well, there's, there's internationally we're joining the rest of the world in terms of the stress on on supply chain. Yep. Uh, obviously, uh, New Zealand and Hamilton not alone in terms of the inflationary pressures. Uh, you only have to sit on and watch any international television channel now. Yep. YouTube, whatever, read articles from around the world. That there's huge pressures on, if you like, the international um, economy. Mm. Uh, so that, of course. Um, will be a pressure point it's also retaining our staff and catering for those who are unwell who you know particularly if we have a wave another wave of the omicron COVID, Mm. you know people have to take leave we're trying to work around that you know with remote um working where we can yep uh so we don't have too many people in the room at one time i mean i think uh you know I, i guess uh in terms of the city's resilience plan uh i think that and and but that's us working with all of our partners out there. Um, you know, we've had the recent Tongan uh, volcano yeah. event. Amazing how Kota Pacifica, the Tongan groups, the Pacifica groups, the community groups have pulled together. So so not only are we just worried about what's happening in our own backyard, but it's, it's our friends and families abroad. Um, but there's, you know, and, and particularly in terms of the vaccination program and the boosters, yeah. uh, you know, course i'm going to shout out to the amazing group of people out there who are involved in that um particular campaign and and um right from quarter pacifica through to you know the pharmacies and the yep. gp practices and the dhb and the council right now that's been really good actually at this stage now the other thing is everywhere i go there's roadworks that's good sign i know and i know for a while there um Newcastle Street was closed off and things like that. Are we putting in more water lines and things like that? Uh, yes, to the best of my knowledge, when those works go in, where there's an opportunity to build other infrastructure around it, you know, yep. a whole uh, approach that, that, that happens and, and it should happen. Um, what you are seeing is, is Hamilton and the Waikato are one of the nation's high-growth areas. Yep. Uh, and, of course, 
um, we we have to have um, increasing investment in our basic infrastructure, which is again, you know, we're talking about climate events, it's building our resilience. Yes. Uh, but obviously it's making the place um, more accommodating of high-density living as well. Uh, and, and, you know, um, road work, street works, underground, uh, you know, is going to carry on. You know, that's indicative. Mm. Uh, to be honest, I'd rather have that problem than living in a community where we have a stagnant, a stagnant economy yeah. and yeah, then, no. uh, declining population. So w- we are dealing with the, the challenges of growth, but hopefully in a good coordinated way. Great. Oh, well, that's really good too. And uh, I see in the paper we were talking, uh, and you made a comment about uh, Hamilton Street names. Give us a, up on that one. Well, I think when I grew up, uh, you know, younger, uh, I remember as a young person the so-called Hamilton Centenary, and it was a big wake at a time yep. um, feature. Uh, I've got to say that I look through that, and I think the role of Pounui was a footnote it mentioned because uh, we thought, or the, the the thing at the time was our history began when the when the gunboat came down the river. Yep. Uh, we knew more about the American Civil War as kids than we did <laughs> about our own uh, mm. civil New Zealand land wars in the 19th century, of which the confiscation of vast tracts of land uh, was uh, an example, and there was a historical wrong because the sovereign name, the head of state, the Queen of New Zealand, didn't apologise, you know, for nothing. She apologised, yes. you know, we, we know that. And it's really important that we actually um, continue to uh, focus and have an awareness of that event. But what that also focuses us on, and should, is Hamilton was always much, much older than 1864 or whenever the boat came down. Mm. And I'm not um, denigrating those pioneers, ancestors uh, who came from Scotland, land clearances, Ireland, famine, you know. Sure, yeah, no. so I'm not, I'm not, because I'm, I'm one of my, I'm a descendant of, of one of, of people who came from Ireland and joined the British Army to, to make a living because they had to get away from, from the famine and the yes, poverty of Ireland, yes. you know, millions of people mm. uh, emigrating. But the critical issue is history didn't start in the 19th century. It, we've had, I mean, basically, if I can say, roughly 800 years as I understand it we've had human habitation on these islands yep. uh, and in the Waikato area we've three or four hundred years so what I'm trying to say is um, we should honour commemorate, celebrate the totality of our human settlement history if I go to Ireland, Scotland, Wales um, England you know I know the names of you know my, my, my where my wife lives Doncaster South Yorkshire was used to be called Damon in Roman times and Anglo-Saxon times. <laughs> so you know you, you have a totality, yes. and the places and the streets and the, cre- the the creek beds and all that should, if you like, reflect. So if, if, um, if there's a name and a term that's been given to a place three or four hundred years ago, let, let, let's be aware of that and let's celebrate that. That doesn't blot out or denigrate um, the achievement of the number of people we honour. Uh, in the city by the names we've given, okay? It doesn't do that. Having said that, uh, if we still have streets called Bryce Street, Fontemps, Gray Street, I just keep saying again and again and again, can we at least get the plaques up so we actually get an idea of the historical context of those streets? Right. And then if if there are some 
street names to be changed. We have a, a calm, democratic discussion and debate. But at least we get a sense about the totality of our history. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, three or four hundred... Hamilton, Kitty Row is three or four hundred years old. Let's celebrate its total history. Okay, fair enough. And uh, that, of course, would involve a little bit of change uh, in uh, paperwork and things like that for the, any businesses yeah, and, on those streets. And I do apologise if I've given you a long-winded answer to no, that no, question. But what, what I'm keen to do is, is I just think it's so crucial yep. for a mature city uh, to uh, know its history and to commemorate it in, in, in an appropriate way. And and the documentation, the research. So the other day, Wurramu Puki uh, um, and, uh, you know, from his hapu and also Tainui, yep. I thought gave some really incisive, um, thoughtful submissions. And I want to stress that personally, uh, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still learning about our history. I really am. Mm. Well, I think a lot of people are right around the country, and that's uh, very true, too. I came from the Manawatu, and uh, there were historical factors down there that needed straightening out as well. So there we go. And um, moving on from that, uh, we've got a, an election coming up, of course, in October. STV. How do you feel about having an STV election? Well, I, I think that along with the Māori wards, so basically, if I can just do it in summary, yep, yep. for parliamentary elections, you choose to either go on the general role or if you have uh, Māori heritage ancestry, you can also opt to to go on to the Māori role instead. Yep. It makes ultimately no difference to the proportionality of the parliament in the end, okay? Yep. Um, but, so for Hamilton, Kiriku, Roa, we've come to a point where if you're on the general role, you'll vote on the east or west ward as normal as you do, you know, like in parliament, you vote east and west. Yes, if you're on the Māori roll, uh, you will vote in the Māori ward uh, for your local ward councillors, two citywide okay. Māori ward. You still vote for the mayor at, at Common, vote for your regional councillors, etc., etc. Um, uh, again, but again, on the regional, if you're a regional on the regional council, they've, they've had a Māori ward for regional council for quite some time. So that plus. STV, which means that the evidence shows that you, um, over time, will get a council that is more broadly reflected, reflective, if you like, of the composition of our population. Yes. And you get a greater variety of elected members, um, basically because if I really want you, I vote for you, but under the current first past the post, if I vote for someone else, who I want less than you, I'm basically cancelling out your vote as well because yeah. I'm making them equal. So it's, I guess it's ranking. Who do I most want? Yes. Who do I want after that? Who do I want after that? Uh, the good thing, if you take the mayoral elections, we've had a situation where the mayor through first past the post has been elected with just 28, 30% of the vote, 32% of the vote. Yep. Uh, this way is, you know, with, you know, ordering your preferences, the mayor of the day will at least be either the first or second choice of 50% of 50% or 51% of the population. So I think you get a more democratic outcome o over time. I I've had this to be when I stood for the DHB. Yes. Uh, and and I, I think it's a good system. There'd be a bit of confusion, but uh, the Australians have had it 
yep. various forms for, yep. for years and years. And well, the Irish use it as well. Australia can do it and understand it, then surely <laughs> we can. Well, I like the system of STV. I think even the government should be elected on that basis, but yep. that's personal of personal yep, thought. Yep. I, I remember. Well, yeah, uh, yes, I, I, I sort of would tend to agree. But look, in the end, I think a combination of MMP for the parliament, right? Yes. Which is mixed member proportional, which is a parliament that is roughly representative of the of the country as a whole rather than a sort of winner-takes-all first-past-the-post. Yep. And kind of an STV over time, I, th- I think what I'm looking for is that we get a council that is roughly reflective of the composition of the city. So you might have an older person, a younger person, male, female. You would certainly ensure with our partnership with, with Iwi that we have uh, Māori Ward. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to get a council of 14 members and a mayor, which hopefully will be re- representing a really good cross-section of our community. Well, thank you for all that, Martin. I see our time's running out and I've got to do a couple of things. So thank you for coming on the phone and uh, that. And I miss your face, but nevertheless, your voice has come across strong. And uh, we look forward to having you on the show uh, a bit later in the year. Great to talk to you. Good one. Thanks. Catch you later. Bye. Bye for now. Well, that was Martin Gallagher and uh, Martin on the phone, of course, and uh, he was uh, bringing us up to date with some things, as Martin always does. He's always uh, right up with the play, and uh, we thank him for being on today. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.